You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. win over the Jets. The Buffalo Bills are AFC East champs once again, and it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Happy Victory Monday, Bills Mafia. The Bills are back-to-back AFC East champions thanks to a 27-10 win over the Jets on Sunday. The Bills got to close out the season in front of their home fans and they got to cover the spread, 16-point spread. They covered by one point. It didn't look like it was going to happen there for a little bit, but they still dominated in a game that was a little weird. Uh, a lot of punting going on, a lot of uh, maybe pulling their punches as they head into the playoffs. But nonetheless, when you win by 17 points in the NFL, that's a rare thing. Most games are close, and the Jets were playing hard. So I think the Bills definitely still deserve credit for their performance, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Bills officially finished the season as the... Number one defense in, I believe, points allowed, total yardage, and passing yardage. So there is a good argument to be made that the Bills, in fact, have the best defense in the NFL as they head into the playoffs. Now, before we get to that playoff matchup, uh, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, we'll just kind of go over this game. I'm not going to spend a ton of time with it. I'm just going to enjoy it and uh, we'll take a look at some things it's tough to exactly gather uh, how much of what we saw from the offense was the final week of the season and how much was the Jets defense just playing pretty well a little combination of both but uh, we'll get into it so if you look at how the game started The Bills got the ball first, which they almost never do. And they went right down the field, uh, just chopped right through the Jets defense. And Josh Allen made a ridiculous touchdown throw to Diggs along the sideline. And if you just, if you didn't see the results of the play and you just saw Josh Allen getting hit on this, you would never think this throw was a touchdown. You'd probably think it was an interception. But running to the sideline, stepping up, trying to make a play, he got grabbed and still basically walked the defender a few more yards upfield while getting held, uh, well, while getting tackled. And he threw the ball, a little bit of a wobbler, like right up the sideline, and uh, Diggs 
got his hands on it, got his feet down inbounds. They went to the review and the play on the field. I don't remember if it was initially ruled a touchdown or if it was ruled incomplete. There was a lot of back and forth on that and it took a while with the reviews, but nonetheless, Diggs comes up with a touchdown and the Bills lead 7-0 on a 7-play 75-yard drive where they really just did whatever they wanted. Didn't really look challenged at all. And that kind of was what the game, you know, I think uh, a lot of people expected to see that for the whole game. But after uh, jumping out to that 7-0 lead, I think maybe they knew that they were probably going to be okay, you know, and they didn't end up uh, pulling anybody until very late in the game, but I think they just knew they were in control. And then the Jets come out and they get three and outed right away. And typically when you get three and outed right away like that, it's a pretty good indicator that your day's not going to go great, but it does happen occasionally uh, where a really ugly three and out just, you know, you burn that ugly possession early in the game and you move on. But, uh, in this case, it was going to be like that for the majority of the game. Uh, and after they punt, the Bills put together another great drive. 13 plays, 70 yards, uh, just kind of doing whatever they want. Uh, Singletary mixed in a nice like 20 yarder on a second down there was a penalty uh right before that where they actually called pass interference uh in stefan Diggs' favor which we don't see much of and it was so egregious it was like this is one that you absolutely have to call there's no way around it but uh the little ticky tack like hand fouls the stuff that uh maybe is not so egregious just hasn't been called consistently in his favor and not exactly sure why but it sucks because uh, playoffs are coming and you know the defense is going to be handsy with him and force the officials to make that call so hopefully the officials will recognize uh, pass interference when they see it on a regular basis but anyway a couple plays after that Singletary cracked like a 20 yarder off um, and then Allen and Diggs just you know kept getting it together uh, it looked like they really wanted to establish rhythm in this game heading into the playoffs. You know, it's tough to say that Diggs, uh, like, had a worse season. I mean, ultimately, like, yeah, like, his numbers were down, but if you look at his numbers, like, they're still very good. I think he still had 1,200 yards. He still had 100 catches. He had more touchdowns this year than he did last year. So it's not like he uh, necessarily had a bad season. He traded in some catches and some yardage for more touchdowns. And ultimately, I want the touchdowns anyway. So I think he did just fine. Uh, but they wanted to definitely get that relationship working uh, specifically for the playoffs. So he was targeted a lot early in the game. I think they wanted to get him the six catches that he needed to get over a... a hundred on the season and to just maybe get him out of the game uh so there was a lot of allen to digs on these first couple of possessions and it looked like the game was going to be 14 nothing after uh second and 10 
Josh Allen throws an absolutely beautiful pass to Diggs. Uh, the throw was ridiculous. And Diggs got his hands on it. He caught it. They ruled it a touchdown. But upon review, he didn't get his second foot down. And Dawson Knox dropped a pass on third and 10, or I mean, it's incomplete, but tough throw. Uh, and the Bills settled for a field goal. But it could have very easily been 14 0 at this point. And on the Jets' next possession, Bills come out and they they block the punt. So, like, nothing's going the Jets' way at this point. Uh, this could be a game where uh, Buffalo was up maybe 21 nothing uh, after that. But they ended up in a fourth and four at the Jets' 29. And, you know, with a 10 nothing lead and being in full control of the game, they didn't need the field goal. And they decided to stay aggressive here and... You know, it's something that Sean McDermott's been kind of going back and forth on for the whole season. So to see him at least remain consistent, uh, understand the position the team is in, understand the position of the field they have, understand the score in the game and what not converting this fourth and four would look like uh, and how well the defense had played at that point. There was really no threat in missing the fourth and four so I, I have no problem with them going for it if they kick the field goal they get points on the board it's 13 nothing instead of what could be 21 nothing or in this case it would have been a 17-0 had they scored this touchdown but realistically uh the bills have had three possessions they should have scored on all three possessions and they're in complete control of the game uh they ultimately don't convert that fourth and four on a incomplete pass to gabriel davis but lo and behold Bills come out, shut the Jets down. Five plays. They lose six yards on those five plays. And they're punting again. And this is a moment where Isaiah McKenzie's back there on return duty, which he hasn't been doing a lot of since he had that big fumble uh, against the Colts. It's been mostly other guys out there. And Ike muffed this one again. And fortunately, he recovered, but it was another uh, another reminder that maybe, like, despite his electric return ability, um, maybe you don't want him back there. With everything that uh, Isaiah has shown that he can bring to the offense, I don't know that you need to put him back there in punt return duty or even in even on kick return unless you're like super desperate and like you need to make a play from behind and you want your uh most electrifying return man back there and going forward in this game i think the bill started to experiment with uh putting micah hyde back there and just kind of what the if you remember what the Raiders were doing with Tim Brown kind of late in his career, like he's just out there to fair catch it, make sure there's no mistakes happening. Um, and that's kind of what you want with Micah. You just want a guy who's a, a good rangy center fielder type who's got good ball skills to really just judge what's going to happen and make the right decision and not risk anything. And maybe the Bills are beginning to realize, look, your offense is so good. Maybe it's in your best interest to just not worry about uh that kick return anyway and 
you know, as good as Andre Roberts has been for the Chargers in his spots, he fumbled uh, a huge uh, return in the game last night that ultimately led to, well, that wasn't the only thing, but uh, the Chargers ended up ultimately losing that game. So even if the Bills, say, still had kept Andre Roberts, there's no guarantee that, you know, he's not going to fumble either. So it's just... The, the way the NFL has moved over the last couple of years has been to uh, remove the return game altogether. And maybe the Bills are just going to be ahead of the curve and just not deal with it. Let that ball hit the ground. Let the defense down them wherever they need to down them or fair catch it and just let the offense do what they do. The Bills offense is so good and so efficient, has so many different wrinkles to it. I think they'll probably be okay. Uh, more often than not doing what they did down the stretch with Micah Hyde in the return game. So after the muff anyway, the the game just kind of like went into a crawl. Buffalo seemed to know that they should have been up maybe 21 nothing, or maybe they felt like they were up 21 nothing. They know they had those three possessions and should have scored on all of them. So, you know, they felt fine. And then, you know, they ran three plays and punted. <laughs> And then the Jets punted, and then the Bills punted, and then the Jets finally scored a touchdown after uh, one of these Matt Hawk disastrous punts here. Uh, I think it was the this was the first of the terrible punts. It was 21 yards. So the Jets took over um, inside of Bills territory, and. You know, they weren't really doing anything, but faced with a fourth and five, they couldn't really uh, kick a field goal here from that distance. The way the game was going, they knew that they weren't going to have this kind of field position too often. And Zach Wilson found Keelan Cole, who was at the time a pretty decent free agent addition uh, for the Jets. And they just haven't quite figured it out yet. They're young. uh, They got a new coach, got a rookie quarterback. They do have some talent, though, and when they're fully healthy and if they can build an offensive line, it'll be interesting to watch them grow. But nonetheless, Keelan Cole was picked up as a, you know, kind of speedster from his days in Jacksonville, and he showed a flash of that big playability catching a, uh, well, 40-yard catch-and-run touchdown from Zach Wilson to make it 7-10. So it's a weird situation for the fans and for the coaches and the players to be in knowing full well that you were in control of this game, but still it's a three point game. And it's one of those where, you know, if the jets were able to get to the locker room at seven, 10, it'd be like, wow, we've been completely outplayed, but we're only down three. So really things can't get any worse. Uh, excuse me. After that, uh, touchdown by the jets, the bills come out and they go three and out again. Uh, kind of maybe taking, I don't know, a little bit risk. Like, they they went deep to digs on the first play. Allen kind of gets caught pump faking and incompletes it. Uh, And then uh, Beasley almost gets the first down, but fumbles out of bounds, and they punt on fourth and one here. I think the Bills probably could have got this right here had they gone for it. Um, You know, fourth and one at their own 34. I can understand punting here, but... Given the aggressiveness on the earlier decision, it doesn't make sense. Maybe because the game was only a three-point game, they didn't want to risk uh, trailing at the half just in case. Uh, So they send Matt Hawk back out there, and he botches it again. And this one's 22 yards, so at least he got an extra yard out of it. But 
the Jets end up taking over uh, at the 44. So they're basically at midfield again. And this time the Bills defense shows up and ends up dropping Zach Wilson on a third and seven. He's running all over the place. He lost 10 extra yards on this play. Um, so <laughs> they end up punting from their own 39, give the Bills the ball with a minute 39 left in the half. And this is the drive that you want to make sure that you get points on the board. And it's a good way to practice your two-minute drill and see what kind of plays are going to work in this situation, which uh, players you want to highlight here. And it was a good test for them late in the half because, you know, pretend this is end of the game and you need a field goal. Like, what are you going to do here? So... Allen comes out, completes to Beasley, completes to Diggs, completes to Beasley, completes to Diggs. Uh, so they're hitting. They get across midfield, and then they get to the uh, Jets 39 on those four plays alone. And then they take a shot to Davis, and just a tiny bit overthrown here. Um, could have been a touchdown, though. So it could have been another one. So this game could be 28-7 to at that point, uh, but it's still 13-7. So the next play, he hits Davis, uh, gets him on the next one, converts the first down. Allen scrambles, and this is this is a play. He's running to his right, and it's almost like he's got a designed like QB option in mind, but he doesn't. And he's got Knox along the sideline here. And it's like Knox just doesn't get involved in the blocking because he sees Allen cut inside. Allen pitches him the ball. And Knox is able to grab it and then convert the first down. Now, I sure hope they're practicing this because say this play happens in a game where they're not playing the Jets and it's 13 to or uh, it's 10-7 at that point. And Josh Allen fumbles that ball. You know, it's going to be a way different conversation surrounding that play. So it was a great, like, heads-up play. Um, super high risk, though. I don't know that I want to see that uh, too often. But it says a lot about how the Bills, and especially how Josh Allen was feeling confidence-wise uh, at that point in the game. Obviously, he felt like he could do anything that he wanted. And... The next couple of plays were incomplete passes to Davis and to Diggs. And on a third and 10 from the 13, there is a holding penalty on Diggs here. I think it was on Diggs. No, they called, sorry. Uh, pass interference, not holding. And uh, so that put little, that put no time on the clock, but it gave the Bills the opportunity to kick that field goal and go to the half. 13-7. So all things considered, you know, they scored on realistically three of what, six drives, something like that. Uh, could have been four, but this could have been a 28-7 to game. So I'm looking at it like, yeah, they're really dominating, but the score just isn't reflecting it. And I think they knew that too. So in the second half, like the Patriots are playing the Dolphins. They're losing at that point. I'm sure they're looking at the scoreboard, trying to figure out like how much they have to lay out in order to win this game, uh, how close they want to keep it uh, in terms of effort. And this is the Jets' Super Bowl. So the Jets are trying to win this game. 
And so I think it says a lot that the Bills were able to basically coast and still win by 17. Uh, it says a lot about how good the defense is. So even when the offense wasn't like 100% clicking, the defense came and held things down. And the second half gets off to a ugly start for both teams. But again, Bills defense, great. Jets offense, meh. Bills offense, eh, not necessarily trying all that hard at this point. Um, and they just exchange punts. Jets punt on a three and out. Bills punt. Jets punt on a three and out. Bills punt on a three and out. Jets punt on a three and out. Bills punt on a three and out. And then finally, the uh, the Jets are able to... Oh, no, this is the... Before they kick the field goal, this is the the botcheroo on the punt. Like, Matt Hawk was having a, a weird day back there. And then on this one, it was a bad snap. Hawk picks it up. And rather than just dive on it and, like, protect the touchdown here, he breaks out to the left, and he's determined to punt this ball. And he's getting grabbed, and he manages to still drop the ball and get his foot on it. <laughs> and he punts this thing seven yards, if I'm reading that correctly. Um, I know it was short, but, yeah, that's seven yards. I thought it was at least ten, but, uh, yeah. Horrible, horrible, and uh, the Bills take a penalty, also ineligible uh, downfield, enforced at the uh, 27, so Jets start this at the 22, and credit to the defense, they come out, they shut him down in three plays, they sack Zach Wilson again, Mario Addison got him again, um, and they force the field goal, but still, like, this game is 13-10, this is a game where... If they're not careful, they could mess around and lose this game. And after the Jets field goal, the Bills punt again. And finally, like, Matt Hawk seems to have, like, shaken the jitters out or uh, I think they call him, like, the Shanks or I forgot what they call him in golf. But he was just shanking it up and he finally got a good kickoff. Uh, sorry, got a good punt away. And he pinned the Jets at the two here on this punt. Uh excuse me, and starting from their own two, Jets didn't really have much to offer. They just had to buy themselves a room to punt. So they do. And the Jets are playing like, hey, we're only down three. We have to like consider all of our options on the table to try and win this game. So they punt, thinking that, hey, maybe we can get another stop, whatever happens. And so the Bills finally put the nail in the coffin here with this drive. They go seven plays, 51 yards, four minutes. Um, Allen starts it off with just a monstrous scramble from midfield after the punt, and they're inside the 20 already. And then it's Singletary time. And Singletary has three carries on this, ends up punching in the touchdown from third and goal at the one, and it's 20 to 10. And at this point, there is... Uh, let's see. There's... Eight minutes left in the game? Something like that? A little over eight minutes left. So they're up ten inside the final eight minutes. The Jets are going to have to score twice when they haven't really scored all game. They're going to have to do that twice in two possessions, basically. So it's mostly over at that point. Um, and after the Singletary touchdown, 
they get three and outed again. And Zach Wilson gets sacked again, this time by uh, Ed Oliver and Jerry Hughes. And so as soon as they punt that ball there, it's a wrap. I mean, they got rid of the ball quickly, but now you're down 10, giving the ball back to the Bills with less than eight minutes left. It's like basically an unwinnable game for them at that point. And the Bills put the icing on the cake as it's another Singletary Allen uh, scramble run drive. And Singletary, this time, takes the pass in from Josh, cashes it in from five yards out uh, for the touchdown. So 27-10 at that point. Jets get three and at it again. Uh, Mr. Trubisky comes in and just leads the, the kneel down offense. And the Bills went 27-10. But while I'm still near the end of that game, I want to talk about uh, Devin Singletary for a minute because he ended up with 19 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. And he also hauled in those two catches for 24 and a touchdown. Uh, and he's played great. He's played the best football of his career likely here over the last month of the season, especially in these last two games where the Bills have played subpar defenses and kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, 27 and 29 is not anything to sneeze at. Like, the team that scores the most points in the league is scoring uh, like 30 a game, a little more than that. So the Bills are right there at 27 and 29. It's nothing to be concerned with. And honestly, like, there was a huge stretch of time where the Bills scoring 17 points in a game was a lot. And the fact that they're up in the high 20s, like, threatening 30, and it feels low... That's a good sign. Uh, I mean, that means we all know what this Bills offense is capable of on a regular basis. And, you know, like we went through, like this game could have been 28-7. So if this game is 28-7, they get the ball and those two touchdowns late in the game. Uh, you're looking at, what, 40-something points with the two Singletary touchdowns. So, yes, there was some points that maybe got left on the field here. But at the end of the day, you'd still had a pretty good offensive performance. I mean... Allen had 240 and two touchdowns, didn't get sacked. Another good sign. This offensive line is starting to play really well in protection. Uh, Singletary had the 100-plus total scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Diggs had nine grabs for 81 in the touchdown. So, like, kind of all the pieces that you really want to be working uh, collectively together are working together. You know, most teams, if you look at... Uh, like the Packers, for example, uh, you had Irvin, Emmett, and Aikman. So you got your running back, your receiver, your quarterback. Like if you if you can get good play out of those three positions together, you're always going to give yourself a chance. And the Bills worked on that, and they got it done. So really nothing, nothing to worry about in this game with the Jets, although the score was closer than a lot of us would have thought. Uh, but I did take the Bills to cover the 16 points, uh, which I sometimes get a little carried away with. I almost took the Jets on the money line. I, I'm sure some people did because they expected the Bills to rest some players. But with that number three seed hanging in the balance, the Bills showed up. They delivered. And meanwhile, the Patriots lose in Miami. So the Dolphins still finish the season 9-8. and eight. Uh, and they take the Patriots with them down to 10 and 7. And the Bills finish at 11 and 6 to hold the division crown. 
and you know I expected the Bills before the season I pegged them for a 12 and 5 team just because the target was going to be on their back their schedule was tough and you know I think they were 13 and 3 last year like that's just really tough to replicate and I figured there would have to be like a slight slide but I always figured the Bills were going to win the division I always figured they're going to be a playoff team and 11 and 6 ain't too far off from 12 and 5 and here they are winning I think four in a row to close out the season so you know they're right where they run they they are right where they want to be everything is directly in front of them still uh and they get a home game in the playoffs against the Patriots of all teams um and honestly I'm not scared of the Patriots like we saw in if you just collectively look at the two games that the Bills and the play, the Patriots played together I think the Bills outplayed them for both games in totality. Um, it was just that first game was clunky in the weather, so there's not too much you can really uh, do about that. Maybe if the Bills cash in one of their red zone trips, they still win that game. And then the second game, they you know they did what they wanted and they played from in front, and that's gonna kind of be the thing again with this second game. I know a lot of people are going to have their eyes on the forecast for Buffalo. And I still expect the Bills to win this game. But it is a situation where I'm sure a lot of other people are having this collective, like, acid reflex of the brain where the worst case scenario for us as Bills fans would be to lose to the Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. Um, it would have been nice had the Dolphins had the opportunity to eliminate the Patriots uh, just because. But the Patriots are uh, they're a solid team, but they haven't been playing too well down the stretch here. Um, they're, like, they're still young. They still got a rookie quarterback. They still got a lot to figure out. They do run the ball very well, and it's going to benefit them if the game in Buffalo is... Uh, weather-centric, but I think the Bills have shown enough that they're the better team. They can handle Mac Jones, so they slow down the run game a little bit. You make Mac Jones have to beat you, and uh, I'll put my money on Josh Allen in that matchup every day. Uh, it just, if for some reason the Bills were to lose that game, it would be by far the most painful loss that the Bills could have in the playoffs this season. You know, if we lost to the Chiefs or to the Titans or something, like, those would suck, but nothing would suck as much as losing to the Patriots because it's a division rivalry that's gotten reignited here this season. But the Bills definitely got the better of the Patriots in the last one, and just looking at everything all together, honestly, the Patriots are a challenge, but the Bills should be equipped to deal with them at this point, and if they can get some running from Singletary like they have, uh, they should be in a good position. And if the weather sucks, dial up some Josh Allen runs this time. Uh, they left that off the table in the first game in the wind. So, you know, they know what they have to do. They get an opponent that they've played many times. So they have a good idea of what's in front of them. So the Bills game is flexed into Saturday night. Number six Patriots at number three Bills from Orchard Park, New York. Stream it on Paramount Plus. I uh, hope it's on TV, on CBS, because I don't want to have to stream that on Paramount Plus. 
All right, and each team has lost their home game in this series as well, so that's an extra layer of intrigue heading into the playoffs. But we're going to keep doing the show into the playoffs as long as the Bills are in it. So I'm hopeful that that takes us all the way to the Super Bowl. But if that's the case, I'm going to be on vacation. Maybe I'll do a, some sort of a road version or I'll have to save it for when I get back. I don't know. It's tough. I could I could bring the laptop and maybe make something happen, but I will be in Hawaii during the Super Bowl. Not going for the Pro Bowl, just happenstance that we'll be there. We're going to do it regardless. So until next time, one way or the other, we're going to have a show after that Saturday night showdown with the Patriots. Uh, we'll probably do it. Yeah, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday, depending on what the time looks like. I like Mondays, but it looks like my work schedule is going to change a little bit here. So bear with me in the process of changing. If you listen to this show, thank you so much. Uh, if you like it, you can tell somebody about it. If you don't like it, uh, you can also, you know, you could tell somebody and maybe they'll listen anyway. Uh, but you can also keep that to yourself. So until next time. Thank you, as always, for joining. Uh, go Bills, as always. Take care, everybody. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, sharing, wherever you get your podcasts. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills! <laughs>